Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, December 23rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Eric Schmid. Ahead, Missouri and its political figures saw more than a few major events this year, like the state finally expanding Medicaid. It means the world to me, and I I want to be able to share that with everybody so that they know that there is help out there. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum will count down the top stories of the year for state and local politics. First, this news. St. Louis area coronavirus testing sites are seeing an increase in demand this week ahead of Christmas gatherings and travel. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports many clinic operators say it may be difficult to get an appointment before the weekend. Doctors say people should make sure they aren't carrying the virus before seeing older relatives or those who would be at high risk of serious COVID-19 illness. But several testing sites across the St. Louis region are booked through Christmas Eve. Total Access Urgent Care operates several clinics. Its first-come, first-served appointment scheduling starts daily at 6 a.m. Total Access Vice President Ashley Williams says the chain tested 1,800 people a day for the virus last week. This week, it's testing more than 2,200. It's really hard and challenging because even if you go to our website, you'll often see that all the sites are at capacity and we're trying to squeeze in every extra person that we can possibly see. Some people are also having a hard time booking tests at drugstores. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. This comes as Missouri and Illinois see a jump in new coronavirus infections, prompting some hospitals in the St. Louis region to brace for a post-holiday surge in cases. Thousands of people are already testing positive for the virus each day in Missouri, and just over half of state residents are fully vaccinated. Dr. Stephen Lawrence is an infectious disease specialist at Washington University who works at Barnes Jewish Hospital. I do have some concern that, you know, if this trajectory continues, we really could be in a, in a bad place uh, in January. He says the rise in cases, combined with resistance to public health measures like masking, could overwhelm hospitals in a matter of weeks. That's something Mercy Hospital in St. Louis is trying to make sure doesn't happen. St. Louis Public Radio's Niara Savage reports how the hospital is adjusting employee schedules to address burnout. Mercy Hospital St. Louis is facing a staff shortage, as are other hospitals around the country. Its chairman of medicine, Farron Mannion, says the hospital is trying to manage employee stress levels. Mannion says Mercy is rotating staff members regularly among different jobs, shortening their shifts, and giving employees more flexibility in choosing their hours. We're dealing with uh, an absolute shortage of staff, but we're also dealing with a situation where people who are here are exhausted and tired and um, may not be in the best shape to be caring for people for an extended period of time. Mannion says the hospital does not yet need to postpone elective procedures as it did earlier in the pandemic. I'm Niara Savage, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri's largest two counties cannot appeal a judge's ruling that has largely stopped local health department's tactics for slowing the spread of the coronavirus. The Midwest Newsroom's Steve Vakrat has more. Cole County Judge Daniel Green ruled a month ago that local health departments cannot issue health orders. He said the job of making rules and enforcing laws belongs to elected officials, not appointed bureaucrats. So, local health departments cannot do things like require masks indoors or limit capacity at public places or close businesses that don't follow health orders. It was a consequential decision, enough so that St. Louis and Jackson counties asked to intervene in the case so they could try and appeal the ruling. 
That's because of Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who could have filed an appeal, decided not to. The Cole County judge on Wednesday said that St. Louis and Jackson counties cannot get involved in the case. It's not clear yet whether the counties will appeal that decision, too. For the Midwest Newsroom, this is Steve Vokrot in Kansas City. Missouri political figures faced a raft of big events this year. From contentious policy battles to surprising retirements, the state had plenty of newsworthy moments that will have ripple effects for years to come. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum explains what 2021 meant for state and local politics. In many respects, 2021 was a transition year for America and Missouri. On a national level, Democratic President Joe Biden took office, an event that came after a violent insurrection from supporters of then-President Donald Trump. At the beginning of the year, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley faced sharp questions about his judgment and his political future after he became the first senator to object to Biden's electoral college victory. But as time went on, it was clear that his popularity among state Republicans had not faded, as shown by the reception at the Missouri Republican Party Lincoln Day celebration in June. I mean, it has been quite a ride, but I'm, I'm here to tell you this. It's been one of the best years of our life, and I am not going anywhere. I refuse to be canceled because you refuse to be canceled. We've got too much important work to do. Closer to home, a new era also began in St. Louis, where Tashara Jones became the city's first black woman to serve as mayor. She entered office right around the time St. Louis received roughly $500 million in federal relief money and when Congress passed an infrastructure bill that could help pay for expanded light rail service. I think this is the time for us to pursue that. This is not the time to say, let's use that money for something else. This is the, this is the time for us to continue forward on that project. While Jones settled into office, her counterpart in St. Louis County, Sam Page, struggled to deal with a county council hostile to many of his proposals. Page's ability to enact more COVID-19 restrictions faced challenges from a bipartisan coalition of council members. And Page is not optimistic that 2022 will get much better. I don't think we'll see uh, too much of uh, county council members voting on what's in the best interest for their constituents because I'm also for it, but we'll see. St. Louis County was not the only governmental entity that struggled with COVID-19. Cities and school boards faced hostility about whether to re-implement things like mask mandates after they went away temporarily in the spring. And even after vaccine shortages cleared up, political leaders like Governor Mike Parson encountered this sobering truth about his state. I think the reality of it is we have to face the fact that there is going to be a certain segment of the population that's not going to take this vaccine, for whatever reason. Near the end of the year, Attorney General Eric Schmidt used a court decision out of Cole County to get some school districts and cities to scrap mask mandates. Democratic Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo said those types of actions made it more difficult to ease out of the pandemic. I hate the masks. Look, I'm, I'm not a fan of them. I don't like having to wear a mask to a mall or to a, to, to a grocery store or to, to whatever. I, I want to get back to normal. And, and I think everybody does. But it makes it harder to do that when you have people actively out there uh, uh, taking away the, 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 the things that will get us back to normal. Democrats like Rizzo did see a major policy win that was more than a decade and a half in the making. 
After a Missouri Supreme Court decision, Missouri expanded Medicaid to the working poor. It ended one of the longest-running policy struggles in Jefferson City and provided people like St. Louis resident Amanda Reynolds with more robust access to health care. It means the world to me, and I, I want to be able to share that with everybody so that they know that there is help out there. Perhaps the event that affected Missouri Republican politics the most was U.S. Senator Roy Blunt's announcement that he would not seek re-election next year. It marked the end of Blunt's decades-long tenure in Missouri politics, which stretched back to the 1970s when he was Greene County's clerk. If uh, this was an election where I thought I had to run uh, to hold on to the, the Senate seat, for, uh, I would probably have done that. But uh, we, we've got a number of great candidates out there. It's going to be a very good year, I'm convinced, for Republicans in the country, and I, I think in Missouri. Indeed, major GOP contenders have stepped forward this year in the race to succeed Blunt, including the state's attorney general, two members of Congress, the top Republican in the Missouri Senate, and former Governor Eric Greitens. That primary and the general election promises to be one of the major storylines in Missouri politics throughout 2022. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. A note before we head out, The Gateway will be on break until next year. Wayne will have new episodes starting January 3rd. I'm Eric Schmidt, and for the last time in 2021, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.